So I'm already feeling happy today because I like it when it's warm out. <laughs> My husband did not say amen. <laughs> I always joke because he always says, you know, the, if I could live anywhere, anywhere in the world, it would be Alaska. That's what he's always said to me. And I said, you know, if I could live anywhere, anywhere in the world, it'd be Hawaii. And the Lord says, you get Michigan, it's cold, and you got beautiful lakes. So, worked out, worked out. You know, we each had to give a little bit, but. Um, so, we've, we've been talking about, I've been talking about Colossians, um, talking about as believers, we are all part of a body of Christ, and our, our mission, our destiny, our goals are to build up, you know, encourage and expand the body. That's what we're meant to do. We're not meant to just get saved, you know, sit in a room and twiddle our thumbs until Jesus comes back or we go to heaven. He says, there's something for you to do. That's why Paul wrote the letters. That's why the Lord inspired him and said, hey, now we have this church. We need to do something with it. So Paul wrote the books of Colossians to encourage people in their faith to love one another. He also told we talked about how families should act, not bending to culture and but following what God wants for wives, for husbands, for parents, for children. Not what culture says, what God says. You know, teaching us a better way, which we know is God's way. God's way is always better, always higher. We know this. So that's what we've been talking about. We learned that we need to put on that new Christ. <laughs> You're preaching over there. That's right. Come on. What was this? Psalms 104. There might be a word in there for somebody. You better ask. You better ask the Lord right now. You're fine. If if we're gonna be sorry for speaking the word of God, uh-uh. Come on. I bet somebody needs to hear. Y'all put that in your notes. It's probably for you. See, I know. For you. We know what God's word is for everybody. So we learn things. We gotta put on that new, the new us in Christ. He said, give, he gave it to us. Now we got to start walking in it. Following Jesus is a response to our salvation, not an obligation. We have to remember that it's a response to our salvation. It's not an obligation like, oh, well, you know, everyone else was going up front to get prayed, so I did. Now I have to serve Jesus. It's not like that. It's, it's love that drives it. We have to realize it's love that drives that relationship. So we've learned in the last few weeks how to respond, how to act, how to build up others. And today we're going to talk about how to do it, do it all with joy. There's the key right there. You can do everything right. You can serve the most. You can read your Bible the most. You um, can give, like Matt had talked about, you can give the most. But without a joyful heart, what does it do? If you're like, oh, I'm here to set up chairs, but I hate it, and I'm complaining about it all day. You know what? I'd rather set up all the chairs by myself than have people coming up complaining about right? Because the joy is, is what makes it different. Last week we had some little, little guys, and they were taking care of the chairs, and they just had smiles. They're working. They're lifting them all up. And I'm, I'm not talking, like, I was like, they are practicing for youth group to impress girls or something because these little kids are like carrying like three chairs I'm like you're five what are you doing and they're just like serving Jesus you know and I'm like 
They're just doing it with a smile. That's how it should be, that they're just so happy to be here that just doing something like picking up chairs is just bringing joy to them. And then when you see them, who, does, who else does it bring joy to? Us. I, I'm sorry, but when you see like a little kid carrying that many chairs, you're just like, we got a Gideon right here. It's adorable. They're so cute. So let's just let the kids take care of that. <laughs> We will not do child labor here. I'm just joking. <laughs> so in Colossians 3, it says, we need, we need to know how to do this with joy. So in Colossians 3, it says, whatever you do, whatever the task may be, you know, work from your soul. That is to put your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for man. You're not just doing it because someone asks you to. You're doing it because, you know, I know that this, brings glory to God. This brings glory to God, and that's why I'm doing it, even though it may be a small task. So that's what Paul's talking about. Let's do things so that our life reflects what God is doing, what God wants for us. So it's easy. I would say it's very easy to get caught up in our daily tasks, right? Get up in the morning, you do this, you do this, you do this. You know, you go to work, tasks, deadlines, and we become trapped in these routines and easily get worn or burnt out with life, with church, with work. Yeah, I put church in there. If we're not doing it with joy, we will get burnt out serving the Lord. We will get burnt out from our families. You ever met a mom that has more than one child or even one child? And at the end of the day, you come to their house. You better bring chocolate and flowers. And say, yes, honey, would you like a foot massage? Okay? They are burnt out. They are broken. That kid doesn't, you know what, kids? We think they should take naps. They have other ideas. They're like, I'm one and a half now. I don't need naps. I like to, you know, steal all the cookies from the cookie jar, and then I like to run around the house a bunch of times until Mom can't take it anymore. And then Dad comes home, and I'm just sitting on the couch looking all sweet. <laughs> it's our life, man. So you get burnt out. We can get burnt out in life, can't we? Work. Hey, you're a really good worker. You know what I'm going to give you because you're a good worker? More work because I know you can do it. My mom always taught me, never ask, always ask a busy person to do stuff for you because they know how to manage their time. She said, don't go to the people that have one or two things going on in their plate. Go to people who have a lot. They'll get it done for you. It's worked. You know, but it, it can burn out all of these things. It's really easy to get into these routines and get burnt out. Then we go on vacation to relax. You know what we do? We just do a bunch of things, and then we come back tired, and we say, I need another vacation. I need a vacation from my vacation at home where no one talks to me. So it's easy to get burnt out, especially when the driving force behind us is our own ability, our own desires, our own thoughts, we try to get our own wisdom, which doesn't even really exist because all wisdom comes from the Lord, no matter what we think. So how do we keep this joyfulness, this excitement? I mean, just take them on, take them on in here. Think about when you met Jesus. Think about when you gave your life to him, how that felt. It was exciting. 
It felt good. You felt like, I'm going to feel like this every day. Then you woke up the next day. And you were like, you know, when I went up there and everyone was clapping for me and excited and, you know, the Spirit of the Lord was just so heavy in that room when I gave my life to the Lord. That was awesome. And the next morning, all those, no one's clapping for me to get out of bed. What's happening? No one's telling me I'm amazing this morning. I got to hear it from the Lord in my spirit, myself. Where is my fan club? You know what? There is none of that. He's saying, I live in you, so that needs to, through the Holy Spirit, will just naturally come out when we take care of our soul. So how do we keep this joyful excitement at our work? You know, it, 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 it's, it is our work. That is your work. Everything else, your home life, your family, all of that falls under there. Our call, our work on this earth is being an ambassador of Christ. That's it. Everything else, it's here's your job, ambassador of Christ. Everything, your, your employment falls underneath there. Your family falls underneath there. Your community service falls underneath there. Your service at church falls underneath there. Ambassador of Christ is your one job. That's it. And our families, homes, all of that falls underneath there. Because all of those things should reflect Christ in our life. Not just like... Hey, it's Sunday, time to reflect Christ. Got to get my church face on. Sometimes I think Sunday's the hardest. Because for us, we're busy. I'm like, we got to get here early. Got to open the doors. I got to put up chairs. I got to do this. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be worshiping the Lord. Sometimes I got to remind. We got to remind ourselves, like, I'm doing all these things, but why am I doing them? I want to set up chairs. I want to be here because I want people to come and hear the word of God. I want people to be able to come and speak into each other's lives and encourage and build up so that we can go out to our communities and live the gospel. That's why there's chairs here. And I'm, I, don't, I don't set them up by myself. There's lots of people that came, lots of people that are here. There's tons of... I'm just using that because I set up chairs because that's something I'm good at. I'm not good at technology. They don't let me see this line. You know, this is like the no Sarah line beforehand because, like, I try to help and they're just like, no. Nah. Yeah, so that's, that's where I live. That's where they live, you know. Let the tech people do their tech stuff. You know, they can reflect Christ in that. So, but that is what we should do. Everything reflects Christ. So I'm going to move to, um, if you're following along, I'm going to go in Colossians 4, 2, and it says this. It says, be persistent, yes, and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us, too, that God will open a door of opportunity for us, to us for the word, to proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I have been imprisoned, that I may make it clear and speak boldly and unfold the mystery in the way I should, conducting yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders, non-believers, Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. All right. So there he's saying, I gave you all the things to show you how to do it with joy. Because people are going to come at you and they are not going to be joyful. 
Sometimes your boss ain't going to be happy. Sometimes your spouse ain't going to be happy. Sometimes your kids ain't going to be happy. Sometimes at church you are not happy, you know. Sometimes we've had a bad week, so we need to say, what's going to happen? And, you know, when, what do I do? How do I keep this joyful heart in doing this? So how do we reflect that? The first thing you look, it says, be persistent and devoted in prayer. And then it says, pray for us too. I'm writing this to you, but also please pray for us because we got to go places and there's people places. And they got ideas and thoughts that are different than ours. And what do we do? So pray, pray a lot. You want to have joy in it? Pray a lot. There is an answer right there. You know what? How do I have joy? Pray, pray a lot, pray often. Next thing it says, you know, attitude of thanksgiving, living a thankful life, living a thankful life. Instead of saying, I don't have this, I don't have this, there's lack here, I wish this was better, being thankful. You know what we are owed? We are owed death. That is, if you would like what you would owe, you are owed, it is death. That's what the word of God says. So if you say, you know, I deserve this, actually we all deserve death. Because we all have sinned. So remember that every time something is not fair or doesn't go our way or we don't like it. Remember we were old death and then Jesus said, I want to do that for you. Doesn't that make it a lot better when, you know, when someone cuts in front of you at line, in line or someone gets a promotion over you or things like that? Doesn't that put it into perspective when you're like, I deserve that. And Christ is like, actually, you deserve death. And I stood there, you know, in your place. So, you know what? Maybe back it up a little bit. So living, <laughs> living thankful. We need to be thankful. You know, I heard a message a long time ago. And they were talking about, they said, you know, whenever I'm feeling not thankful, I just go in the bathroom and look at the toilet paper roll. And I say, Lord, I'm thankful that I live in a country that we have toilet paper. So sometimes when I'm not thankful, I like to just sit in the bathroom and look at that toilet paper roll and say, I am very thankful for that. If that's all I can be thankful for, I am thankful. Little things, living a thankful life. Paul is saying that, you know, have that attitude, not just thank you, but having that attitude continually, that atmosphere of thankfulness. All right, the next thing He's saying, you know, proclaim the mysteries of Christ. Talk about what Christ has done. That's why I shared the testimony earlier. That's why you guys get up and, and share testimonies. That's why you tell people, hey, this was going on, but let me tell you what God did. Proclaim the mysteries of Christ, of what he has done. When someone says, well, you're going to die and you live, that's a mystery of Christ, right? I don't know how that happens. I don't know what God does. I'm not, how he does it, that's not for me to know, right? But I can share and proclaim and say, you know what? What the doctors say, what this person said over you, that doesn't mean that's the truth. We got to keep. So he's saying, you want to have joy? Talk about the things God does instead of what the enemy's doing, right? That's going to, when you talk about, hey, this person was rise, rose from the dead. You know, Jesus fed 5,000. You know what I mean? He took my place on the cross. Um, does that give you some joy? That give you some excitement, you know. He's like, this person was blind, they can see. Instead of focusing on, well, you know, the devil is still around. 
and he just after me. <laughs> That's how I feel when people that I'm like, Pfft. yeah, keep talking about that. See how you're gonna feel. See how you're gonna feel when you talk about what the enemy is doing all the time. Who cares? what the enemy is doing. We already have victory in it, so I don't really care what he's doing. I just need to go to the Word and say, Jesus, what are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you said this. That's what I'm going to talk about. I don't need to worry about what the enemy is doing as long as my focus is on what God is doing. Right? Yeah. Because if we're focused on what God is doing, he always leads us in victory in Christ Jesus. So we can have joy about that. If you are having victory, usually there's joy, right? When, when you see people having a victory party, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're dancing, you know what I mean? We don't have depression parties. You know, we don't have deception parties. We don't have those things. We don't have parties for the way the enemy operates. We have parties to celebrate things because that's how... Christ operates. So this is how we have joy in our lives. And the last thing it says, let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant. Speak in a way people want to listen. Speak in a way people want to listen. That one's hard, right? It is, because you just want to be like, get it! What's going on? Why can't you just do this? Because we all think we know better but we don't. Christ knows better. We say what he says. We got to speak in a way people listen. So when they ask us a question, we can answer in a good way. You know, when someone loses someone, you don't be like, well, at least they're in heaven with Jesus. That does not make that person feel better, does it? Because they want them here with here. Now, you, now they're missing that person, and now they feel guilt. Now you made them feel guilty for, you know, not having joy about that. We can have joy in our grief in, in, at times. So we have to make sure we speak when people are, speak so that people want to listen. There's a difference to just, we can read the word with pride on the backside of it, and it will send people to hell faster than anything else. You know, because there are things in the word that sometimes we don't want to hear, especially if we're living like that, right? But if we say it with love, with joy, if we operate in the things of God when we speak, even though it might be something hard to hear, people are like, I know you love me, so I want to hear what you have to say. I look at your life and I say, wow, I, I want to know what you're doing so that people want to listen. So Paul's just saying, hey, we can do all of this, all of this with joy. And doing that, do you know, doing those things is not just the work, but it's, it's worship unto the Lord. Sometimes we think, well, just praying and, and singing, that's worship to the Lord. Showing kindness to people is worship to the Lord. You know, speaking your testimony, what God has done, is worship unto the Lord. 
So in, in God's word, a lot of it was wrote, written in Hebrew. And do you know that they use the word work and worship simultaneously when it's translated? So our job, our work, is to be ambassadors of Christ. And when we do that, it is worship to the Lord. So when you get up every day and you go provide for your family, you are worshiping the Lord because the Lord said to go out and, 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 and gather. And, and, you know, it says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folded in the hands. He said, don't be lazy, basically. That's what he was saying in Proverbs. He's like, if you don't work, you don't get to eat. But we're worshiping the Lord saying, you know what? You asked me to do this, so I'm doing it. And God's like, that brings glory to me. Because we need to realize, just like Paul wrote, he wrote a lot of letters to, to the church um, to show us, hey, this is how it, the new life in Christ looks. Here's some things I know about Jesus. He came. He had a conversation with me. You know, I'm going to share this with you. And... So, just like Paul wrote these letters to the church, we are the Messiah's letters to the world. Each of us, we are the letters to the world. People read us to know Christ. To experience him, to be introduced to us. They come and they watch us and they're reading us and they say, oh, who's this guy? You know? They just can see Jesus in us, and that's how they meet him. So just like Paul wrote these letters to the church, and we're learning how people are going to learn about Christ, is you, you are the letter that goes out that people read every day. Let's make sure it, it it's reflects Christ. That's why wherever we are placed in this world, we should be working to represent Jesus, no matter where we are. You might think, well, nobody at work knows I go to church, so <laughs> I can act however I want here. Ain't wrong, Jesus knows. God knows. He knows where he sent you. That's why wherever we're placed, we got to represent Jesus. You know, What does that look like in our jobs? If you're like, I don't know. Like, like, am I supposed to go up to people and be like, let me tell you about Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus? Probably not. You know, your employer might not like that because how much work are you getting done if you're just evangelizing all day, right? So what does that look like in our jobs? That means being to work on time. Working hard, not slacking off. Talking positive to each other about the business that you work for. Encouraging other people you work with. To do well, be honest, be dependable, be reliable. Humble yourself. Know that you don't know everything. If you make a mistake, clean it up. That's what Christ looks like in your workplace. So now you know. It doesn't look like taking your, your employer's time and pulling everybody aside and sitting there and reading the Bible to them for 20 minutes. No, you are the letter and how you speak, how you talk, how you act, you know, how you work, that's showing Jesus. What does that look like in our houses? Whew. 
Love your kids. Love your spouse. I know a lot of people who every single day, they made their kids sit down and do Bible study. Their life was messed up. I'm not saying that messes your life up. I'm just saying if that's what you're doing, that's all you're doing, and you're doing it without love, we got to think, what does that look like? It's not just doing that. Everything about us is representing Christ. Loving and, and being kind to your kids, your spouses. You know, provide for their needs. If God supplies our needs according to his riches and glory, and we are a representation of Christ, then sh- who should we be taking care of? If God said, this is your family, you know, should we make, be making sure that they're fed, that they're clothed, that their needs are met? We probably should be doing that, right? Commit to going to church. We already talked about that God said don't forsake the assembly. Church is important. God said it's important because we need each other. Don't be like, oh, I just want to, I just don't want to get up this morning. What are you teaching your kids? And then you're like, why is our house out of control? Well, you taught your house to be out of control. You taught your house to disrespect the body of Christ. You taught your household to disrespect Jesus. And now you're mad because it's not going well? Well, you taught that, so say, I'm not going to teach that anymore. I'm going to do something different. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Pray. You know, sometimes we pray, when we pray for a meal, sometimes we forget. And we don't say, be like, that's it, you guys are going to hell, you ate two bites before we started eating. That's not how it goes in our house. We're like, ah, you guys ate first, you get to pray, come on. You know? And sometimes someone's walking around doing something, and I'm like, it's fine. They can go get salt while we're praying. They're like, well, I'm with you. I'm hearing it. I don't need to be legalistic and be like, you know, my dad went to a Catholic school. And you know what? If they did anything like that, they got their hands hit with a ruler. Sue's so like, I did too. <laughs> you know what? Did that make you want to go back to school? Did that make you want to go to church? Did that make you want to have community? Did that make you want to know Jesus? No, did not. I'm not saying against, it could, it could happen in any school. I'm just saying that was the experience of we don't need in our homes. We need to make sure that we're doing those things, praying, reading the word, teaching the word, giving people the opportunity, giving our kids and tools. Speak and breathe the word of God. Show forgiveness and restoration. We are, everyone in your household is going to mess up, including you. If you didn't know that, now you do. So we need to learn forgiveness, right? Hey, I don't like what you did. I don't like what you said. It hurt my feelings. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was just stressed out. I apologize. Do you please forgive me? I don't want to act like that anymore. Yes, I forgive you. I love you. Let's bring some restoration back. You know, I don't even know how not to talk like this, or I don't know how to act like this because I'm just, I've never learned. Okay, well, this is what God's word said. Offer them the road of restoration. You can't be like, stop yelling while you're yelling. You kids better quiet down right now. Stop yelling. I'm sick and tired of this screaming. As you're screaming at them. How many times, I don't know, my kids here, how many times have I had to eat humble pie and come to, my, come to you guys and be like, mom was wrong. 
I shouldn't have done this. I'm so sorry. A lot. And I'm probably going to have to do it a lot more. When I get hot and I get hungry and I get tired, that's not a good combination for my body. And then my soul wants to be like, all right, we're having a, we're having a heyday with this, right? But my spirit says, oh, no, no, no. So you're on my side. So they're fighting over it. Sometimes the body wins. And then the Lord's like, oh, this is so good. You get an opportunity to, you know, repent and, and have a little restoration here. And you know what? It feels so good when you do that. Because you don't have to hang about over it and be like, I'm bad. I did this and now I can't get back. Immediately, like, we, me and my husband have been in arguments. In the middle of the argument, he's like, you know you're not acting right now. I'm like, I know I'm not acting right now. I will have to deal with that with Jesus. Just don't talk to me. Just, I know, like, but I'm not worried because I know that God is going to help me restore that and he's going to tell me what to do and how to do that, right? He's going to be like, go apologize. Let people know that was not the right way to respond, you know? I love learning from my failures because it seems to be quicker. So that's what it looks like in our homes. Don't think because your home seems wild or out of control or your kids are mad at you or you got in a fight with your spouse. Like, oh, that's it. We just have a terrible life and, and God doesn't love us and we're terrible ambassadors. Yeah. There's always room for restoration. I'll give you, you know, we are on this earth. That we, our flesh wants to do what it wants to do all the time. And so, you know what? Give yourself a little grace. God already gave it to you. Use it and say, all right, Lord, give me back. Give me back to where I need to be so that I can be a good representation, a good ambassador. And so representing Jesus in church. Do you know that you can even represent Jesus bad in church? You can. So that means, like, attending don't don't go to people and be like, yeah, I'm a Christian, and then they see you in the see you in the bar just drinking, you know, not taking care of your family, you know, doing all of these crazy things, and be like, yeah, I go to this church twice a year, Christmas and Easter, it's good. And they're like, well, I know where not to go. There's a reason that we attend because it builds us up and encourages us. We we get encouraged, we get um, revelation, we share things. It's really it's not, it's not just for everyone else. When we come together, it's for each other. Sometimes we're receiving something, sometimes we're giving something, and if we're having a really good day, we get to give and receive on the same day. Just today, I've got to receive some awesome encouraging words, and I've also got to give some encouraging words, just since 8 o'clock this morning. So that's what it looks like representing Jesus well, showing up, you know, growing serving, giving, you know, like I talked about, giving and receiving words. We're going to do that for the kids today. You know, we've been um, praying about that and, and preparing. Uh, you know, of course, praying. We like to pray at church. We pray corporately. A lot of times, I bet there's a lot of you, I, a lot of times during worship, I like to pray during worship and just speak to the Lord because it's just so good because it feels like I'm the only one in the room with them at that moment. Um, you know, connecting with each other, feeling good. Doesn't it feel good when someone comes up 
especially I think when someone tells you like, oh, you know, I noticed this about you today, or thank you, or, or if someone says something about your kids. When a children's church worker comes and they say how awesome your kid was that day or something, parents, is that not just like, oh, that feels so good, doesn't it? When someone thanks you, like I always think, I think Michelle, I'm always like, Michelle, thank you for putting the coffee and stuff together. Like every week I'm like, someone's not here, can you do this, can you do this? And she never complains and I'm like, I'm really thankful. So I'm really thankful that you do that every week. The little things, the little things that we do, but just connecting with each other is so good. Because when things go bad, which they will happen in our lives, bad things can happen, things can go wrong, you know, jobs, everything. We have a support system. That's what God did. He didn't do it because he's like, I need, you know, this, I need you guys to gather, otherwise I just can't hear. He's not Tinkerbell like I've told you before. It's not like, well, if there's not 30 people there, I can't hear, you know, from you. God says we're two or more. The two or more is not really for God, it's for us. <laughs> he, it's something else he gave us. He said, I'm, I'm giving you guys the body to each other to build up in courage and comfort. Like, how good is that? Now, I gave you life everlasting. You know, I took your sins. You know, I took your eternity, you know, in hell. And then I also want to give you gifts. I want to, you know, bless you with relationships and each other that are going to encourage it and build up, you know, and do that for each other. That's how good it is. So it looks like something everywhere as we represent Jesus. So it's not just Sunday, or it's not just in our homes, and it's not just at our work, it's everywhere. Even in the grocery store or, or wherever you are, sometimes just letting people go first. Lana had to experience this. You know, I thought she was doing her driving test and we were practicing last week. She got her driver's test. She passed. It's good. But we're there, and this guy shows up. You know, when you're parallel parking, how many people do you want to be standing there watching you? Zero! Because you can do it perfect. As soon as someone shows up, there's this magical thing that happens, and you run over the cones. I don't know what it is. Like, you're, like, by yourself. Hey, look at me, parallel park. You get somewhere, you know, someone's watching you. You just run into the car next to you. I don't know what happens. It's just, it's a law of parallel parking. I'm not sure. But so this guy walks up. You know, she's in the car. You know, she did it perfect. And he goes, oh, my son has to do this. Can we watch you? Now, I didn't really ask Lana because maybe I should, but I said, sure, you can watch us. It'll help you. We've done this lots of times. I know the guy. He's super nice. I know the whole path. Let me help you out. I'm talking to the guy. Tell him this is where you're going to drive, and this is what he likes. And he, if you look, you know, because this man that gave my kids a driver's test also gave me my driver's test many years ago. <laughs> so I've known him for a while. And so I thought, you know, this is going to be, this is where she can represent Christ. She gets to help this kid. He has massive anxiety. He gets to watch. And I felt bad because what does she do? Gets nervous, runs over the cone. I said, well, don't do that <laughs> to the kid. I'm like, it's fine. She can do it. And then she did. <laughs> but then she did it legit perfect. It was just like, I don't know. But also it was showing, I think maybe God had that happen because it also showed him, you don't have to be worried about it. You don't need to be so nervous about that. Like, 
here she is doing it perfect. You don't have to do to that. Even people who know how to parallel park can mess up. He's going to be okay with it. You'll be fine. I don't know if he passed his test. I didn't come back to that guy. But <laughs> Maybe I'll text. But what I'm saying is we show up for each other. She was able to show him exactly what to do because they were actually doing the whole thing backward. had been practicing it backward for days. And I was like, nope, nope, that's not what he's going to ask you to do. So we were able to walk this family through so that they were prepared and ready for their test that day. That's why showing up is important. So that's what it looks like in areas, community, church, home, our jobs, our attitudes, our efforts. You know, the quality we put in are important to the kingdom and they should glorify God. That's why we have joy. When we do things, you know, for the Lord, it glorifies him, and we can have joy in anything, any work that is set before us. So, all right, well, we're going to pray.